Welcome into Scoops with DannyMac.com and Ben Fred Fridays. Ben Fredrickson of the Post-Dispatch is coming up. The topics today, Bryce Harper, he signs 13 years, 300 plus million dollars. How will that affect the Cardinals going forward with Paul Goldschmidt? We're going to dive into that. We'll dive in also to Carlos Martinez. MLS for the Lou, Don Garber speaking to USA Today. He mentioned St. Louis. What does that mean for MLS for the Lou? A long, long discussion on that topic. And we all want soccer here in St. Louis. And we'll also get into the St. Louis Blues, the goaltending situation. Blues will play at Carolina tonight. I'll have a preview with Chris Raby coming up later on the website here on scoopswithdannymac.com. I am proud to add to the website as an exclusive sponsor of Ben Fred Fridays, the St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. As many of you know, I'm proud to be from St. Louis, and Mick Henderson and Steve Watercutty are from St. Louis. They call it home. Their firm is the premier criminal defense firm in Missouri and Illinois. So being from St. Louis, they want to help people from our region. And all you have to do is go to their website, stlcriminaldefense.com. That's stlcriminaldefense.com. Now, on that website, you will see the countless testimonials of people who they have helped over the many years that they have been doing work for people in the region. On the site, there are frequently asked questions, categories, and a wealth of information to help guide you through the process of figuring out how to make decisions to protect your rights. And it doesn't matter how big or small the case. They're known for their communication with their clients. And this is why you can reach them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they have a proven track record of handling your criminal defense and traffic needs. The St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. The website again, and really, go to the website. It's incredibly easy to navigate. STLCriminalDefense.com. Check it out. That's STLCriminalDefense.com. Or call them anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day. The number, 314-645-4400. 314-645-4400. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Coming up. We'll visit with Ben Fredrickson. Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly with TheHomeLoanExpert.com. There's never been a better time to look at a refinance. Maybe it's time to get rid of the PMI or get some cash out to pay off the credit cards. Five minutes could save you 500 bucks a month. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. This is always one of the most popular segments on ScoopsWithDannyMac.com. The chance to talk it over with Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Ben, good Friday to you. How's it going, man? Doing great. Uh, down here, spring training, rolling. Not much going on. I mean, Matt Wieters has been signed. You would have to think that he would be uh, a backup to Yadier Molina. We'll get into that in just a moment. But really, the big news, certainly in Major League Baseball, and we'll get into MLS and also the Blues with Jordan Bennington. But let's talk about Bryce Harper. Finally, we can move on. He has been signed 13 years, $330 million by the Phillies. It had been talked about so much that he would be going to the Phillies. Now we know he's headed to Philadelphia. You better put up numbers. You better win championships. 
Um, it happened about midway through yesterday. Um, your thoughts on Bryce Harper headed to Philly? Um, a few things jumped out to me. The first being that there's no opt-out in the deal. Um, usually these guys can't go more than three years without some sort of an opt-out. So it seems like he's committed to uh, to being in Philly, really prioritizing the length of the deal. Um, 330 jumps out. It's a huge contract. It's going to set records and, and, and be historic and all that. But then you look at the, the average value, which is the big thing now, the AAV, and it's actually less than what the Nationals offered him to stick around for a decade in a place that he already was. So, you know, it sounds crazy to talk about small details and you're talking millions of dollars compared to, you know, average Joe money. But uh, it's interesting. I mean, it was really clear that Bryce Harper wanted to make history with this contract. It was clear that he wanted to have it be the longest contract he could find, even if it meant that he is going to be there through the end of it. No chance to opt out. And, uh, and also a little bit less money on the average than he would have if he would have taken a shorter-term deal in terms of like 10 years to stay in a place that he, he came up in. So interesting there. Um, it's funny that it took so long that there were actually Philly radio stations that were bashing him today. Like <laughs> On Thursday, right before the, the news came out, they were claiming that uh, you know oh, they were sick of him, they had, he had dragged him along, he wasn't coming. And then all of a sudden the news comes out that he is coming. And note that tune quickly changed, but it will – make you wonder if Bryce struggles there, you know, if he has a down season, which he's prone to do, he's kind of a street, a little bit of a streaky player. Um, will they, uh, will they bring up the fact that he took so, so long and talked to so many other teams before he ended up deciding to go play for the place that everybody kind of thought he might end up in all along. Um, look, this is a guy who is a transformational player. He's probably going to be a hall of famer. His highs are epically high. He's a must watch guy. He's electric. He's good for the game. I think the Phillies have made themselves contenders by adding to him, adding him to the group that they've brought. Um, but any player 13 years is a very, very long time. And that's a lot of guaranteed money. So uh, those kind of contracts are supposed to be the ones that were going away. We talked a lot about it and here is one that's longer than, than pretty much any you're going to find. I, I just don't understand uh, on the surface why he did not go back to the place that drafted him, nurtured him along, and offered him initially $300 million. And I also think you're more of a marketable player when you stay at one place. I, that part bothers me, and I don't think that's good for the game when you see players that leave their original teams. I, I know what you were saying, you know, he wanted to make a, a, a statement with the 13 years, but if indeed, and it was, you know, reported various spots, including the place that uh, had him, the Washington Post said 10 years, $300 million. For, th- for $30 more million dollars you go to a, a rival? I, I just don't understand that. Well, and lower money per year. Um, I mean, it sounds crazy to say for $30 million, you don't understand, right? But, like, we're talking about a guy who's getting, making 300, 300 plus million. Um, you know, it, it does make you wonder. Fast forward at the end of the day, will he be? Will he wish he would have done it differently? I don't know. I mean, I wonder that about Albert Pujols. And to me, we don't talk about Albert enough because the Cardinals will never say it. But if you put them on the lie detector test today, they are glad that they're not underneath that contract For sure. right now. And but you know, I do wonder if Albert wishes that he would have had those milestone moments here. I wonder if he wishes that. You know, instead of coming back this year, and, and he'll get that round of applause. I wonder if it will hit him. At, man, I kind of wish I would have done made history here. And you know, he's had all of his big hits have come in in L.A. in terms of counting numbers. Now, his best years obviously were here, 
um, he was going to get paid. He was going to make a lot of money to, to stay here if he would have taken it. But, you know, some guys, and, and who are we to judge? They, they, they would rather have, they would rather have the biggest payday, the longest years. And, you know, until you're in that spot, then I don't know, I don't know what you pick. Um, you, you do think that, you know, there's an incentive for these guys to maximize their, their money when they can. And I do think that one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough is there's pressure on the player side and on the agent side, the, the agents want to make records. They want to say they got the guy a big deal. The players are always pushing players to set new records because they all feel like they can build off of that. But I think more than now, more than ever before, you're going to see guys who are more open to sticking around. I mean, look at Nolan Arenado and that extension is going to get washed away by the news of the, the Harper signing. But Nolan Arenado said that he watched that free agency play out and it was on his mind as he agreed to go back to the Rockies for what set a record for annual average salary. Now he's not, doesn't have as long of a deal as Manny Machado, but he's getting more per year over what is basically, you know, an eight year deal seven, if you count the contract he had already agreed to for the upcoming season. So in the grand scheme of things, the money's not all that different, yet he's getting to stay in a place that he likes. He gets to make it his home, and he feels like he you know, is comfortable there and that they've got a good chance to win. So uh, it's it's kind of what matters more to each guy. And, and I think guys who are not 27, which all these guys are, 26 or 27, Arenado, Machado, and Harper, they're really the only guys who are going to take free agency and ring it and get everything they can out of it. I'm really fascinated with how Paul Goldschmidt's watching this this free agent market because he's a guy that has some of these numbers that could compare to, you know, uh, Nolan Arenado in terms of defense and, uh, you know, Harper and Machado in terms of production and consistency. He's more consistent than, than those guys with his, with his bat at times. He's an annual MVP guy, candidate. He's an annual all-star, an annual gold glove, but he's also going to be 32. And what has the market taught us about guys who are 32? Go ask Dallas Keuchel. Go ask Craig Kimbrell. So I'm fascinated to see how he watches this and if he's leaning more toward, hey, look what Harper did. He got what he got because he waited it out and he was patient. Or, hey, look what Arenado did. And he's happy where he is with an extension with a team that was eager to lock him up for the foreseeable future and keep him out of that free agency gauntlet. He he does become the kind of the premier guy now, does he not? Going into next uh, offseason, Paul Goldschmidt. Now that the other guys are off the table, I think he. I think he has to be right there. But the, the big question is the age. Like, how do teams view that? Um, you know, because we we've seen that baseball is starting to treat thirty like it's the new forty. Um, as the analytics have gone up, as the steroids have gone down, um, the numbers just are not kind. The projections are not kind to players of that age range. Um, some guys are outliers. We've seen that happen. But uh, the numbers aren't really gonna are gonna lean the other way. So um, it makes it, it, I don't I can't figure out quite how it affects the Cardinals' hope of extending Paul because they clearly want to. They're they're being candid about that now, and 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 I've said that since they they, they don't make that trade unless they want to extend him, right? They they kind of tried to hide that at the beginning, but now they're at least saying we want to extend him. Well, they they made the trade because they want to lure him in and show him St. Louis and get him fired up and then bring him back. Um, that's their plan. But now, now you have the point where he's maybe more of a premier free agent. Um, maybe there's maybe there's more competition. But I also think he has to look around at the way free agency's going and go, man, it's not being too kind to guys who are who are in my age bracket. So I mean, the Cardinals are, can't plan on getting any sort of a hometown discount here. But I do think that they have to get a sense that 
Goldschmidt will entertain an offer if, if it's if it's perceived to be competitive, because free agency is such a it's such a roulette wheel right now, especially for guys who are who are that age. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's fascinating, and I think too the other thing you look at is the Cardinals have to be a little more desperate to sign Goldschmidt right now. You know, I don't know that they will ever ever go out and get the top free agent in a class. Um, I feel like if they didn't do that with Albert, if Albert Pools didn't make him go crazy, then who's going to? I mean, they didn't. They they developed Albert. They brought him along. They loved him, and they let him go. And you can argue that they're smart for doing that. Um, so how are they going to talk themselves into giving somebody a 13-year, $330 million deal? I don't think that's going to happen under this regime. So maybe the idea of Nolan Arenado playing for the Cardinals after arriving via free agency was always – you know, pie in the sky thinking, but it, we know, we both know that they love him and that they had thought about, you know, trying to talk trades for him and stuff before he had long been someone they watched, you know, from afar and thought would look good on their team, just like Paul Goldschmidt was. So now when you enter those conversations with Goldschmidt, you can't enter them thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, maybe we can make a run at Nolan because he's gone and he's not going to be there. And he was really the, he was really the only other player that screamed, this would be a fit for the Cardinals that's going to be in that class. So I think it should make the Cardinals that much more determined to get Paul Goldschmidt lined up with an extension. More with Ben Fredrickson in just a moment. St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. Their firm, the premier criminal defense firm in Missouri and Illinois. They're from St. Louis. They want to help people from our region. All you have to do, head to their website, stlcriminaldefense.com stlcriminaldefense.com. On that site, you'll see frequently asked questions, categories, and a wealth of information to help guide you through the process of figuring out how to make decisions to protect your rights. They're known for their communication with their clients because you can reach them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they have a proven track record of handling your criminal defense and traffic needs. They're the St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. Amazing website, so easy to navigate. Do it. STLcriminaldefense.com. STLcriminaldefense.com. Number to call, 314-645-4400. 314-645-4400. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I think what's interesting on the field with Harper, um, looking at the numbers for Bryce Harper, one time he has had 100 RBI, and that was last season. Now, we know it's not an antiquated look at a player, but so much now is looked at on base percentage and your slugging percentage, and those numbers are just off the charts with him. Where I'm interested is going into that ballpark and the historical look at baseball. Um is can he make a run at the home run record? If he sign up, is signed up for 13 years, um, he's in his mid-20s. Right now, Ben, he's only 16 home runs away from 200. Now think about that in that ballpark, and it becomes a question, will he be pitched to? So you've, you've got to have a lineup around him. He draws a ton of walks. Already three times in his career, he's been walked over 100 times. So And last year was 130. Uh, now, Washington did not have a lineup around him that was healthy a lot of times. Um, maybe some of the star power wasn't there. But it looks like Phil the Phillies are loading up this year. Um, 
it's going to be interesting over the course of 13 years, will he be pitched to? And in that ballpark, as we saw with Ryan Howard, the St. Louis native, if you can tailor your swing to hit to all fields, right field is not. I mean, he can pull it. He's going to hit some monster home runs there. But if you hit it the other way as a left-handed batter, you're going to get some of those cheap home runs. I mean, he's going to hit 50 sometimes. He might hit 60. But the home runs are going to pile up for him if he's healthy. I think it's interesting. He might make a run at the home run record. I know it's crazy, but he could do it. I think it's a good prediction. I mean, he's averaged more than 30 home runs, I think, the past four seasons. And people say, well, you're cherry picking. Well, well no, I he's got, that. you're right. He's got 42, 24, 29, and 34. Right. And I do, I, I say that because people forget this guy entered baseball as a 19 year old. Right. And he went through the minor leagues in the majors. Um, he was most guys we don't hear we don't even know that they exist until they're 22. So you know people who hold those first few seasons against him, even though he was an all star, the first two of the first three, they're forgetting how young he was. I mean, he's really the argument for Bryce Harper, and I agree with this, is that he he could just be entering his prime. Now he's aged, you know, in terms of his body, he's only 20 six years old his body is is older than that because of how he's played um the other question too and i think it's fair to ask is is the defense but pretty soon there's going to be there's going to be the dh in the national league and then he won't have to worry about that if he if he can't play so let's also switch gears a little bit with the cardinals i'm down here you'll be here shortly at uh, spring training and and uh jupiter this past week we talked about it last friday but carlos martinez we officially know now will not be on the opening day roster. When he comes back, uh, he's talked about wanting to be a starter. We'll see how that plays out. But how do you think this shakes out right now for that fourth or fifth spot, in particular fifth spot? I, I've, I've said, you know, in my mind, Reyes is Alex Reyes is the wild card in this whole thing. Hudson has looked good. Gombers look good. You're stretching other guys out to for protection. Um, your thoughts, number one, on Carlos Martinez, and number two, how do you think this thing shakes out with about a month to go? Well, I think it's nice that Carlos wants to be a starter, but uh, his actions and the actions maybe he didn't take this offseason has suggested differently. Um, I think the Cardinals were more prepared to enter this season without Carlos in the rotation than maybe anybody realized until this is starting to come out a little bit that they're disappointed with how he handled his offseason. And, and, and I talked to Mo about this, and he's clarified his comments to some degree. It's not that they didn't feel like Carlos was was not like working out over the offseason, but they didn't feel like he was doing some of the stuff that he needed to do to be ready to pitch in terms of some of the finer detailed, finer tuned stuff. And, and you know, they saw how he pitched out of the bullpen last season. They saw how dominant he was as a closer. And I think it's fair to say that I don't think this is being too, um, too, too, you know, electric or too, too misleading to say that they're frustrated with him. And it's not new. Um, you know, they see them, some of these young guys like who are pushing the envelope, like Alex Reyes, like Hudson. I would bank on those two guys to be the first two up if they have to pick uh, pick a starter for the rotation. Reyes is making it hard not to with how he has pitched so far this spring based on everything I've read from, from down there and the comments that are being made about him. But, you know, Carlo, if Carlos thinks the Cardinals are just going to wait and, and save a spot in the rotation for him, then he hasn't gotten the message. 
Um, you know, part of it's health. You can't help it, some of it, but some of it you can. And I think they're frustrated with how he prepares. I think sometimes they're frustrated with his attention to detail. And, uh, you know, they have so many young options that they are not going to consider this a crisis if he's not ready for the rotation. They're, they're, they're convincing people in the Cardinals organization, you know, Mike Maddox being one who I think would prefer if Carlos came out of the bullpen and then you have Carlos Martinez, Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller at the back end, that's pretty scary. Um, you know, as far as the younger guys with Alex Reyes, I agree with you, make him a starter because it's easier now to manage that workload than it is as a reliever. You can skip turns. You can, you know, give him, you can shut him down for periods. You can have him reach that 100 to 150 inning mark um, and still be ready for the postseason and be fresh. Um, Because you have other guys you can mix in there. Um, He has looked as good as he ever has. Um, As long as he stays healthy, I think he's a really, really good candidate. People say, well, 100, 150 innings, how can he be a starter? There's only one guy on the Cardinals staff who pitched more than 151 innings last year, and it was Miles Michaelis. He was the only guy who got 200. And the the next guy was, was, I think, Flaherty. And then after that, it was Luke Weaver who had like 130-something. You know, guys just aren't going to do it anymore unless they're a complete hoss like Michaelis is which is another reason I think it was great that they extended him. But, you know, Carlos is, is not leaving a, a big hole in the rotation right now. I know how good he can be. Um, shoot, we've seen it when he's on. He's electric, and he's one of the best in the game. But for the past couple seasons now, he hasn't been as consistent as anyone would have hoped. He hasn't been able to be relied upon. And there's a lot of thought that says, hey, if you put him in the bullpen, get the most out of him you can there. He has to show up every day ready to go. He has a different mentality as a reliever. And maybe that's the best way to maximize the value of the contract that he already has in hand. We've talked a lot about this. I, I thought Miles Michaelis was the the surefire candidate to, to get an extension uh, here in spring training. He's got that four-year extension, $68 uh, million. What did you think? I think it's a great extension, and I don't feel like it's getting enough credit, you know, nationally in terms of how good it is to lock this guy up. But for some reason, there seems to be this this pull for fans to talk about what Miles Michaelis wasn't was was wasn't in the past, um, in terms of him flaming out with the Rangers. But no one talks about what he did to kind of revitalize his career over in Japan. Um, I care more about those numbers than I do what he did in the Rangers. I mean, he was appealing to the Cardinals because he spent three seasons in Japan dealing. He had 2.1 ERA, 99.99 whip, 378 strikeouts, more than than 400 innings. Now, is it the major leagues? No. But it was enough to get a lot of major leagues teams interested in him. And then he comes and adds to that the year he had last year. I don't think – I put this in a a piece at stltl.com, Dan. I don't think people realize just how good some of his numbers were last year. 18 wins, that was the same as Max Scherzer. He had the second-best winning percentage among starters in baseball. He was one of about 10 guys that went over 200 innings. He had the seventh-best DRA, the 14th-best opponent OPS, 17th-best FIP, and, and, the, and, his, and his whip was like top 12. I mean, this guy pitches a million different pitches. He is a strike zone pounder. He's a big, healthy guy. He doesn't get hurt. He's not fragile. I mean, could he get hurt? Sure. Any pitcher can. I mean, any pitcher can have something that goes wrong and it and it, and it all falls apart. But if, if you're looking for guys who are good bets to extend and he wants to be here, he's got family in both St. Louis and Jupiter, this was a no-brainer. I, I would agree. Uh, Matt Wieters signed as a backup catcher. I, I like this on a couple of fronts. One, 
Um, he is a guy, obviously, with a very good resume, former All-Star, but two, and, and he's, you know what, he, he's okay with the role, but number two, to me, the Cardinals needed somebody from the left side. Now, you, you could say that, uh, you know, Jose Martinez is fine to face a right-handed pitcher, and granted, that may be your best option anyway, but just a threat, somebody to hit from the left side, and it may be Drew Robinson, and it may be somebody else uh, emerges, and, and there's a lot of time between now and then, and there's things that can happen throughout the season, but um, I like this move. I like it. I like the versatility, and I like a veteran back there that gives them other options on both sides of the plate to give Yachty a rest, too, especially when you're facing a couple of tough righties in a row, and it gives Yachty a little break. So I do like this move. Yeah, any, every time we say something gives Yachty a chance to have a break, uh, he never ends up taking it. But well, that's <laughs> true, the, too. I think the, the conspiracy theory is like, okay, what does this mean about Yachty or Molina's recovery? And, and I don't think there's any sort of setback there. I'm not in Jupiter, but I know that was the common reaction among folks. Is okay, well, what are they hiding about You know, Molina's recovery? Um, I think Yachty's still on track to be ready to go when the season starts. I like this competition that it creates between Weeders and Francisco Pena. Um, I'll try to say this tactfully, but I don't think very many people should feel good if they have to go significant games without Yachty or Molina starting and Francisco Pena is your next best option. Um, I understand that Yadier Molina likes Francisco Pena, and I know that Francisco Pena does a good job with the staff and he knows the guys, but he wasn't helping you out much at the plate, and he can't get anybody out who tries to seal on him. They take advantage of him when he's behind the plate. So one game here or there, that's not a big deal. Um, over the course of multiple games, if something happens to Molina health-wise, then it is a big deal. I think some competition there is good. Weeders, he has been a multiple-time All-Star. He's had multiple 20-home run seasons. He's lost a step as he's gotten older, but if, if Francisco Pena can beat him out in a competition, then I think you feel better about Francisco Pena. You know, let the best guy win, and uh, and then you have, you know, a more experienced, at least the guy who's earned that spot a little bit more in spring training. Um, one thing about Weeders which surprised me because of his, uh, his some of his past offensive success was his numbers as a pinch hitter. He hasn't been very good in that role now. He hasn't had a ton of chances. So maybe the Cardinals are hoping that longevity plays out there. But I like that he's a switch hitter. You can mix him up about off the bench. Whether he's good as a pinch hitter in the past or not, he's going to come up there with a reputation of a guy who knows what he's doing with the bat in his hands. And I think that gives you a little bit of a plus. Yeah, role different, different time in his career. Let's let's see how it plays out. Uh, here's the quote in USA Today. We switch gears to MLS. Don Garber, the commissioner, quote, we're very thoughtful and strategic about expansion. It's not out of need. It's out of strategic opportunity. We want to cover more of our country. We want to have more geographic regions that can be connected so that you can have rivalries between potentially a St. Louis and a Kansas City or a Los Angeles and San Jose. And being able to have those kinds of rivalries that we think can drive our fan base, end quote. Well, it certainly caught the attention of a lot of soccer fans. I know a lot of soccer fans come to my website because of the coverage I've given uh, MLS for the Lou and certainly STLFC. Um, I, I know some fans thought, whoa, was that a little slip of the tongue or is that foreshadowing here? Um, are we reading too much into the comment? I didn't. Um, what was your take on, on hearing that or, or at least reading that in USA Today? Well, I don't think Garber makes too many slips of the tongue. Agreed. Um, 
I think when it comes to expansion, he talks about it very intentionally. And sometimes he makes comments that are a little maybe too intentional. And then he kind of has to circle back and say, well, I was just speaking in generalities. But look, he doesn't very often. <laughs> I think he usually he usually wants folks to read into what he's saying. And the fact that he mentioned um, St. Louis in that term, I think it's a good sign for, for the ownership group here. I think it means that he's on their brain. I don't think it was an accident or just uh, or just, you know, a slip of the tongue. And I, another thing that was interesting, because he did a series of interviews this week, he also did an interview with Taylor Twelman at ESPN where he basically said, you know, the expansion is going to be decided in 2019 for Team 28. That's not news. But he just is now openly talking about it being between Sacramento and St. Louis. There was no mention of Detroit. There was no mention of Phoenix. So if you believe those comments straight from the commissioner's mouth, this is now a two-horse race, when previously it was Garber talking about all the expansion candidates. So I think that's significant, to, that he's narrowing the field in, in his comments. Um, and he went specifically on to praise both of those ownership groups. So that, to me, jumped out um, in addition to the comments about mentioning St. Louis as a potential rival for KC. Um, he's supposed to come to St. Louis uh, sometime in the near future. Um, they want him to meet with some of the prospective sponsors, and, uh, and, and, and they're trying to get that worked out. And, uh, you know, I think they feel good about where they are. Um, everything that, that we hear from the ownership group is positive, positive, positive. Um, you know, there's not things that are locked in to announce yet but things seem to be moving in good directions always and and they're paying attention to this kind of stuff and and they're not the fans aren't the only ones going hey that must be a good sign when something comes out like this because the ownership group is hearing that and saying the same thing i just don't know if the ownership group here in st louis and they've done so much uh in a remarkably short amount of time I don't know if they want to stick around to be 29 or 30 or 31 or 32 or whatever Don Garber is is thinking about after 28. I, I think it might, you know, be that they get to a point, Ben, that they say, "Look, we've done everything we uh, we can. We've taken this thing basically to the finish line. Hey, if 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 we haven't done enough and we haven't shown you that we have this great soccer culture and we do have." people behind us and we do have great ownership and we have female-led ownership and we have outstanding business leaders behind us um if that's not enough i'm not sure we want to do business with you I, I and i'm not speaking on their behalf i'm just looking at it from afar do you get that same impression or or what do you think that 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 is right now i i don't know I, i'm just i'm throwing something out there i i'm just not sure yeah, and I had a conversation with, with, with Jim Cavanaugh about this, and I said, you're kind of in an interesting spot because you're you're walking a fine line between I mean, I, I, What else can they possibly do? Right. Well, you're walking this fine line between recruiting, right, because you want the league to come. You want to, you're basically applying, but you're also trying to, as you get more to offer, you're trying to exercise leverage on your end. Like, it's not just, hey, we want to be a team. At some point, it's we have done this, this, and this. You said to do these things. Here they are. At what point do you tell us, you know, at what point do we become something that you're afraid to lose? Because the, how is St. Louis not to that point? Um, you know, if MLS is true with what it says it wants out of an expansion candidate, St. Louis is very, very, very close to having everything, every box checked. Now, if what MLS wants are a bunch of cities that are interested to 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 pit against each other to try to come up with the, the city that is willing to pay the biggest expansion fee, 
but then then that's different. And maybe St. Louis says, look, this isn't you're not being true to your word. Now, I don't think it's to that point. Um, could it get there? I don't know. We'll see how they handle Sacramento. But one of the things that I wondered about and I'll give Taylor Twelman a lot of credit for asking Don Garber this question in his interview because those are tr- tricky things. The guy comes on the ESPN. I'm sure there's things he doesn't want to answer, but I thought Taylor did a very, you know, eyes up, honest, candid interview trying to get to the bottom of the expansion issue. He said a question I think a lot of people have wondered about. Asked, he asked it: Is there any is there any chance that the league could say? We're just going to do both 28 and 29 at the same time. We'll do Sacramento and St. Louis together. And Garber's answer was pretty direct. He said, I don't see that happening. And then he said that he thinks they'll only do only do one team in 2019, which that would mean there'd be a pretty significant wait for the team that doesn't get the 28th spot. So there's even more incentive for St. Louis to get that spot and not to have to drag this out and keep all these ducks in a row that, that can hover in a row for a certain amount of time. But, you know, there's a lot of work that's left to be done that can't happen until St. Louis is awarded a team. So if it's one thing to hold on to that to, until they get the word in 2019, it would be another thing to hold on to that for, for a longer period of time. So, yeah, I do think the ownership group is saying, hey, if not now, then when? Because, you know, we're, we're trying to hold a lot of things together right here as we wait to impress you. And uh, at some point, we got to know if you're in or you're out. I am proud to add to the website as an exclusive sponsor of Ben Fred Fridays, the St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. As many of you know, I'm proud to be from St. Louis, and Mick Henderson and Steve Watercutty are from St. Louis. They call it home. Their firm is the premier criminal defense firm in Missouri and Illinois. So being from St. Louis, they want to help people from our region. And all you have to do is go to their website, stlcriminaldefense.com. That's stlcriminaldefense.com. Now, on that website, you will see the countless testimonials of people who they have helped over the many years that they have been doing work for people in the region. On the site, there are frequently asked questions, categories, and a wealth of information to help guide you through the process of figuring out how to make decisions to protect your rights. And it doesn't matter how big or small the case. They're known for their communication with their clients. And this is why you can reach them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they have a proven track record of handling your criminal defense and traffic needs. The St. Louis-based criminal defense firm of Henderson Watercutty. The website again, and really, go to the website. It's incredibly easy to navigate. STLCriminalDefense.com. Check it out. That's STLCriminalDefense.com. Or call them anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day. The number, 314-645-4400. 314-645-4400. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. A year ago, local soccer fans had a chance to celebrate. And for the first time in club history, St. Louis FC are into the postseason. They returned this season with their home opener on March 9th. You can be a part of the action. And might that just be the goal that sends St. Louis FC into the Western Conference playoffs? Their season tickets, single game, group, and flex tickets. Something for everyone with St. Louis FC. Support your local team, stlouisfc.com. 
Ben, when you write about the MLS and you've written about it multiple times, most recently, I guess it's been maybe three, three and a half weeks ago. Is that about right? Yeah, I, wrote, I did something on Garber's comments on Thursday morning at stltl.com, kind of pointing out what we talked about is I do think it's okay to read into that a little bit. But previously I wrote about their kind of their 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 memo from the league and their meeting with Garber, their last meeting with him in New York, where he said, I, you're doing great. I, wanna, I love everything right. I'm seeing. But one thing I would like to see more are these business relationships, these sponsorships, which they've since come back and gone to work on. Now, they haven't announced any yet. But I think there have been productive conversations, and I think they feel like they're going to have some positive progress to show Garber when he does come. I'm just curious. What's the response that you get? Um, emails, texts, phone calls, um, whatever. What, what? I mean, I know what I get on the site, my site. It's just incredible uh, because I have the analytics that will show me. But what, what's it like for you? Because it, it's amazing the amount of soccer fans, sports fans too in general, that really want to see this happen because they're hungry to see positive things generally happen to the town in St. Louis. But then the soccer fan is just crazy to see this happen. What about for you? Yeah, I see it on social media. It seems like, you know, they say soccer is a I hate using the word millennial because I feel like I'm factored into a millennial group. And I don't identify as like, it's a weird, I, I just I disagree with the whole phrase, but they say younger people are, are the people who are driving the interest in soccer. And I see that where, where the conversation is right on Twitter, especially there's there. I get, I mean, I have, there are three fans, God bless them who I can't go more than 12 hours without getting a Twitter message from them asking <laughs> if there's any update. And I like, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm, it, it takes a while, you know, it's, I'm not trying to ignore you, but I, I don't have, I don't get updates on the soccer thing every 12 hours. I'm sorry. I, so, I bet I, mean, I have the same a, three, a, 300 people a, that do that to right, me. So go ahead. Right. Yeah. There's a hungry interest level there. And I see it when I write about it. And I think too, the, I know the the St. Lunatics are having a meetup, I think on, on uh, Sunday, I believe yeah, it's March, over the weekend. Yeah. March 3rd. And uh, you know, if you go to that thing, you know, last, last one of those I went to, it was at Schlafly and it was packed. Like I was, I thought, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't move. The wall, it was wall to wall people in scarves and loud and fired up. I mean, the, the intensity of the fans are there. The amount of the fans are there. Um, you know, there, I, I, well, I keep coming back to it and I think it's, I think it's a, a crazy, a crazy development is this, those, those scarves, the MLS scarves. So the, the ownership group put those online and said, we'll sell some and, you know, we'll try to, you know, get the word out and hey, you know what, however many people buy, we will match donations and we'll give all the money to all of the time was just the Boys and Girls Club, Matthews Dickey, the Boys and Girls Club soccer program. Right. And they thought it'll be a cool way to get some gear out there. Well, they sold out <laughs> and they made the match. They had to come up with another another place to donate it to another another inner city school with the soccer program. And now they have to keep coming up with things to give the money to because they keep selling out. Right. I mean, if, if if people will flock online to buy buy scarves, then you got to think they're going to show up for games. And one of the biggest questions I had when we started talking about this whole venture was, I didn't know if there would be the attendance. Um, I just wondered with Cardinals games going on at the same time, would enough people show up? And you know, when I when I've read more into the attendance at singles FC games, when I've seen the reaction, um, I'm starting to think, you know, as time goes on, that that that's it's going to be less and less of an issue than I originally thought. Oh yeah. And, and matching the, the donation, that's the, the last thing you have to worry about with Carolyn Kendall Betts and 
Jim Cavanaugh and their group, such uh, philanthropic people and everything they've done for for St. Louis and what they're trying to do with soccer. It's a it's a great thing, and and people are craving it. So it's a it's a just a you know, I mean, everybody knows where I'm at with it, and you are backing it as well. It, it would be a wonderful thing here in St. Louis. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up with some Blues hockey. Jordan Bennington, um, is there a better story right now in hockey than the Blues and, and this goalie? No, um, and he's awesome, man. Um, his It's so funny because, and I don't mean this as a knock on Jordan Bennington, but this guy could walk down the Galleria and, and not get noticed. Um, he just kind of is an every guy, every, every man. And, and, uh, and he, he's so funny in his interviews, he's becoming more confident, I guess, but he's, he's, he, he has the man of such few words. The blues put out that hilarious video of, of his <laughs> media interactions. And they're just like one word answers, but he's not being a jerk. He's just kind of telling it like it is. And, um, I get a, such a kick out of listening to Jim Thomas try to get more answers out of Jordan Bennington and JT's so relentless and Jordan Bennington's like, oh, you're not, you're not getting it from me, man. <laughs> but it's fun, and I mean, and he's just so cold blooded. Um, he hasn't gotten high on his own success. He just goes out there and and he's riding this amazing streak. Um, you know, I love the comment that he had about the secret to his his undefeated record at home being staying at the Cheshire. Um, and then, you know, kind of with a with a little bit of an edge as in like, hey, man, like blues, maybe put me in a place where I'm not on a day to day life structure here. Maybe maybe lock me up for a while. Maybe I want to stick around for a little while. And and heck, if, if he's not going to say it now, then when is he going to say it? There's not a hotter goaltender in hockey. Um, we can talk about a lot of reasons the blues have played better. But how is he not the biggest one? Um, your entire team is is structured off your goalie. He's the backbone. And when he waffles, the team waffles. When they're confident in him, they, they play in a different way. Um, I think the Blues have made a lot of positive strides. They've gotten better plays from their best players. They've gotten better. You know, Clearly, Craig Berube has, has pushed the right buttons. But to me, the, the season boils down to having a goalie that, that the team feels like if they go out and play hard, they're going to win. And he can steal a game for you too. And he started to do that a little bit. His his game against his game against the Bruins in that in that in that overtime shootout was amazing. Um, made probably the best save of his career, and that's and that's saying something with how he's played as of late. I, I just think uh, they're lucky to get this guy. I think they're going to have a hard decision to make because if he keeps playing like this, I don't think there's any way you can let him get away. Always great stuff, Ben. Thanks so much. And uh, again, we'll catch up with you in Florida, and uh, of course we'll visit next week on scoopswithdannymac.com. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Look forward to seeing you down in Florida. Save some sunshine for me.